gonna bring it. And then we'll go for like uh, what time is it? Four. We'll go for like forty-five minutes, maybe. Yeah, 40, 40. yeah that's fine. All right, here we go. Okay, folks, we are back. An exciting episode of the Teed Up Podcast. Good friend, all the way from New York City, Jonas Young Bora. What's it? Your Instagram is at at Young Bora without the hyphen, so it's at Young Bora. Y O U N G B O R R A. Why? Why? Okay, so tell people why you would be on this podcast right now. Or no, don't, you don't even know yourself. I'm editing my name. <laughs> oh yeah, you could. There, there we go. There, look at that. Yeah, tech savvy. I've got techno joy, not techno fear, Tyler. Well, I met I met you in uh, a little city called New York City uh, many years ago. You were you, you come you came into the New York Golf Center. Were you were you a golf pro at the time? I was a uh, illegal pro. Illegal pro, <laughs> what, like an underground pro. Underground teaching pro. So the uh, there's actually no rules. Okay, in uh, in golf that says that uh, an amateur cannot teach. They basically set it up so that you have to go through the PGA program right. to be validated to teach. But it's just like um, a life coach, right? I could say I'm a life coach. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. basically a therapist, but I never went to school. So you – yeah, we – you can't be a therapist without getting your like <laughs> your certification. Correct. So you don't want to be watch, watch. out in you don't want to be on a park yeah. bench. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I had a friend that did that. This is a true story. Oh, I had a friend, in New York, he's a comedian. I will not say his name because he's probably uh, it's, he could probably get sued. But he set up a uh, he he said he was a, a a therapist and he would take couples therapy sessions. But he would tell them that his office was under construction and he would meet them in parks and he was taking money. Listen, we live in a world where <laughs> if you say something, you are it. And That's okay. And, but for golf, okay, ready? I'm a professional golfer. Okay. okay. You don't believe me. But as soon as I enter a tournament as a professional and I accept money, I'm a professional golfer. Well, who's paying you? Are you? No. Have you ever won? What if I you? Could, what if you won a five dollar NASCAR? Scores where I could have won, but most of the time, I would never win <laughs> because I fucking mentally implode at some point in the round. Um, I'm the type of golfer where it's like when I first started playing. Uh, one of the pros at, at Doral Arrowwood, I'm not going to say which one, had a son. Name names. Name names. No, no, I can't name names. He, he, this guy, anyway, this guy had a kid. And I, I like remember first started, when I first started going out and playing, I started late. I started at 23, right? So I, I wasn't a, a kid. I started playing golf. But he took me out. And I remember after like the first hole, as soon as he made like a bogey, he'd fucking furiously rip up the scorecard. And that was like my first impression of like, he would do that. He would rip he up would, his card because he was like he couldn't handle like like starting off bad. So for the first like five years of me golfing, like if I didn't make a par on the first hole or better, I would be a fucking wreck. I'm still that way though. I can't. I if I can't if I make a bogey or worse on the first hole, I'm out. I'm done because I know I'm gonna make a bunch more. 
Yeah. And the whole goal is about my, I have this thing about breaking for like either 40 on nine or like breaking 80. And oh, if I put my breaking 40 on nine, like for, especially for amateur golfers, it's like, it will fuck up your brain. If you don't break 40, like you'll be struggling. Like, but it's a disaster. I, so let me, let me be honest with you. A lot of golfers like pros just take one shot at a time. It's like when you're playing baseball, you're pitching mm-hmm. one pitch at a time. Yeah. No one thinks like that with golf. You're always <laughs> thinking about like, oh my God, like way ahead. Oh, yeah. But what I've been doing now, if I shoot like a 41 or a 40, I don't even fucking add up the nines. I just, I just go, it's like, I'm trying to shoot, like I'm trying to shoot in the low seventies now. Yeah. I've done it a few times more this year. And like, you know, I haven't shot in the sixties yet, but I'm getting there. Um, when my short game, my putting's on, I could, mm-hmm. um, if the course is reasonable, right? I'm not going to yeah. shoot on like a 7,500 yard course. Um, but I just think, what am I scoring for 18? I don't even think, like, if I'm shooting up, whatever, I'm like five, six over through 11. Yeah. Not, I don't care anymore because I'm like, what am I going to be through 18? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we always fuck ourselves up with that 40 number or 30, you know, oh my God, if I don't, if I don't shoot uh, 38 or 37 or 39, I'm not going to break 80. It's like mentally you need to get past that nine hole mark and think it's an 18 hole round. Yeah. So that's the yeah. best advice you can give. That's true. Cause I've been trying to do that too. And like, you can shoot a 41 and then shoot like a, it's probably not likely, but I, you can shoot a 36 on the back, well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We just get, we just get fucked up mentally about, Oh my God, I can't believe I shot that 40. And when I was playing in college, Cause I started in college. I started playing with like, I was like a fucking 25 handicap. And then I got pretty good, pretty fast. Um, because I was an athlete, I played baseball and, and hoops, but not really hoops doesn't really help with golf. But anyway, it, it, I got pretty good, pretty fast. And I kind of figured out how to hook the ball. And I was like, I can do this. I can do this over and over again and stop slicing it. And uh, I, I taught in a junior camp, and that's actually how I got into the uh, New York Golf Center. And I was, I'm a good teacher. Like, yeah. I teach you how to do a lot of stuff. I can't really apply it to my own swing. It's got to just got to be cash under the under the table. It can't be it can't be on the books because you, you don't got your golf PhD, is what you're saying. I, I, I have a I, I actually do. I actually know how to fix your swing. I've taken lessons from Mike Velasca. I've taken lessons from Daryl Kessner. I've taken lessons from Bobby Hines. I've taken lessons from Michael Breed. I've taken lessons from Mark Brown. I've taken lessons from every single person that in the Met area and outside, uh, Jerry Tucker in Florida, short game master. I've literally gone and taken lessons with everybody that you could possibly take lessons from. Um, and that's why my swing is a disaster. Wait, but what? All right, you took you took lessons from all these people. Yeah. What is a a thing like a common theme that you've seen throughout all the good teachers that you work with? Is there something that they all do to make no. them good golf teacher? Well, like, okay. I, I, a good golf teacher, I think they just each one of them has their own unique way. Like one guy's like you know the pull down and lay, stay on your left side and kind of stack and tilt. That's like a popular thing again now because. DeChambeau kind of does the one plane thing, but I think good teachers always think about impact mm-hmm. and they think that like, you know, a good teacher will say like, nothing really matters what you do back here. As long as you're getting to the ball with a square club face, 
going down with some speed and you're hitting the same spot every time. Yeah. Howard Wyckoff, I will name a name, is the teaching pro at Doral Arrowwood in Westchester. Okay. Howard says you can make millions of dollars if you could do those few things. If you can hit the ball with a square club face, with all 14 clubs in the bag, but you could do it with a square club face with varying speeds, okay, going down, I mean, hitting the ball down, and you're hitting the ball in the same spot every time. So you're basically hitting the ground in the same spot every time. If you can do that, you can make millions of dollars. So you're saying uh, if you can, like, you know, compress the golf ball yep. and be able to know what's happening. Yes. Basically, if you if you can be consistent, you'll make money. If you can handle the instrument, if you can handle the golf club with 14 different clubs of you know varying lengths and varying degrees of loft, if you can handle those at varying speeds, right, really quick or slow, depending yeah. on the shot that you have to hit, and then you can hit the ball wherever you want with the club. So that's the ball, right? The finger's the ball. I'm trying to clip it right there. Mm -hmm. right? I do that every time. Not clip it back here. Not clip it this way. If I can do this every time or as consistently as possible, okay, with all 14 clubs at varying speeds, that's, yeah. all, that's all golf is. Well, that's because then you know where it's going. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's that's now what I think about when, when I'm practicing and when I'm playing. How can I get better at doing that? Um, and I'm not really thinking like, okay, my hands are this, my hands are that. Like, you know, where am I in the backswing? I how from the inside, how from the out? I'm not really. Obviously, this is not good. Right? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do this. Yeah. But like, if I'm like a little bit like here or a little bit underneath, you know, I'm just trying to get that consistency because yeah. I'm probably playing in, in tournaments now. It's like. No one gives a fuck what your swing looks like. No one cares. Oh, no. I mean, we see so many crazy swings on TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, as long as you can produce the speed and you, you know, as a guy that used to fit, you know that if you can produce certain numbers, yeah, those numbers are going to correlate with certain distances. Mm -hmm. But you got to be consistent of delivering the club to the ball. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I can, I can hit a six iron 190 yards sometimes. Sometimes I'll hit it 165 because I can clip it so far. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. The, the when I was fitting people, the, the common question when people come in, they'd be like hitting, a, testing out a driver, and they'd say, "How fast am I swinging?" I'd be like, yeah, "Like 80 miles an hour, 80 of club head speed." Well, what should it be? Well, whatever it is. Like, I mean, there's a shaft for everybody. There's no like good club head speed. Obviously, the faster you swing it, the better, but Whatever your club head speed is, your club head speed. Yeah, correct. Just correct. Hit, hit it in the middle of the face, and we'll get the right, the Let right track. Let me show. You. I, I just found this book. Okay, this is this getting is, up and down. This, who, who? Tom Watson. Oh, no, this is the book. The book, the golf book. The for short game, for sand, for short game pitching, chipping, and putting. Does uh, he teach you how to hit one of those like one hop and stop? And yeah, I mean, but he he doesn't like using spin. What? Um, he, he's because he, he just said a lot of these guys don't want to use spin now that one hop and stop shot though i actually was looking at uh, looking at that that's the it, i would quit go, i would not need to hit any other shot i think that's the coolest shot in golf it is a cool shot uh, I, and i'll tell you what i i know very few people that can do it abraham answer there's a, that's his first name abraham right yeah yeah uh he he can he can there's a uh instagram video of him 
from like 12 to 15 yards out. He just kind of opens up and moves it really quick. And he hits this low flighted thing that just hits the green and just checks back. And I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? Um, but really it's just, it's just club face control. It's just being able to like nip the ball perfectly. No divot. Yeah. Bounce and like hitting it like, like this. It's just like having a match. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you see these guys, like when tiger does it, like, he doesn't use much club head speed. It's not like he's, it looks like he's really attacking. It's just kind of like the delivery right. of where he's lighting the match. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was down at the BMW championship when I was in Philly for a practice round. Um, and Dustin Johnson was hitting, you know, chip shots on the practice, like chipping green. And the guy I was with, I was with Mike Collins, who is like a commentator. Yeah. And so we, we got to, he went to talk to Dustin and, I was watching and he doesn't during that conversation, he probably hit 20 shots from like 35, 40 yards out. All of them. Like, and he was just casually talking. He wasn't like creating a lot of club head speed through the ball. All of them stopped within three feet of the hole. Took a little hop and stopped like within, you know, two feet. It was insane. It was the most insane. It was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. In my yeah. Life. I, mean, I mean, these guys, they know where they know where they're landing, you know, the club coming yeah. into. The, they know exactly where their impact position is. Well, you, and, you, you yeah. okay? Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. That's well, okay. you, you mentioned an instrument, so I want to ask you a little bit about your personal life. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted this segue, if you were setting me up for this yeah, segue, seeing if I noticed it or not. It's good. It is. It's a good segue. How many musical instruments do you play? I play all the standard pop band so i i play all the instruments from the beatles name them name them you got the the keyboard you got yep. the, the guitar which is i i don't you know fuck around with any weird versions of the guitar i'm talking about the six string guitar. The six string. yeah and i play the bass which is the first instrument i started on because my, my father's always said that bands always need bass players uh but now i play more keyboard bass uh -huh. um I, I play a little bit of drums, but it's not enough uh, that I could like be in a band on drums. Like I know my way around the kit. Right. Um, I sing. So that's another instrument. I guess it's five. And then I, and I know how to uh, work with MIDI, which is musical instrument, digital interface. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Computer, computer writing. So um, six musical instruments. Let me ask you the golf bag. Like you said, 14 clubs, they're all essentially a different instrument, right? But they all have their own. I mean, they're they're similar. But how different is playing the drums to playing a guitar from oh, hitting a driver wild, to hitting wild, a wildly different, wildly different. But is it is hitting a driver to a a wedge more similar than drums to guitar? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, uh, because I mean, look, drums. <laughs> You don't, you don't need to, I mean, look, it's nice for drummers to know uh, musical notation and obviously you're hearing what's happening. Mm -hmm. You don't need to, you don't need to know notes. You yeah. know I mean? Like you don't need to know where the, the, you kind of, you understand what I'm saying. It's like, you need like, to know beat and rhythm. That's a lot different than going, do, ra, da, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, there's fingerings and using when you're playing saxophone or something or clarinet, you're using your vocal cords and, and you're, and you're breathing drums. is just fucking, it's a visceral physical fucking thing. 
and getting that timing down, that's just like, uh, actually, I actually encourage athletes to learn how to play drums because. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I've been trying. I'm no, like, I don't know if I have no rhythm. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I can't play drums. I have a friend. He's a very good drummer and I would love to be able to play drums, but I suck so bad. And maybe that's why I suck at golf. It's tough. And also growing up, you better live in a house where people don't care about noise. Uh, <laughs> so a lot, you know, most people don't pick up the drums. I remember there was a story. My dad told me my dad plays saxophone. Um, he, I forgot what the, who the musician was, but it was like back in the fifties or in the sixties, some at a jazz gig and the drummer sees a girl at the club and he wants to, you know, take her home or whatever. And he's packing up the drums. He's trying to put the cymbals away. And there's like six, like a huge kit. And by the time he gets done doing that, the saxophone player had already taken care of it. Because <laughs> he's got one thing. And I, he, he changed the saxophone. It was like a really famous saxophone player. It's not like Coleman Hawkins, but like, like someone at that level, like a John Coltrane type guy. Right. Who was a drummer and then switched because he's like, you know, saxophone, you put it in a case. That's it. You, know I mean? you take off the top, you put it in a case, you're out. Yeah, you could ride it on a you could ride a bike home with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like uh you know, and that's what I hate about playing the guitar, because I have the pedals and the fucking amplifier, which is <laughs> pounds, and the yeah. guitar. So it's uh, the easiest gig your vocalist. You show up, you don't even have to bring your own microphone because that's it. Yeah. And the ladies love that the most. The ladies love the vocal. Yeah, well, like that's the front person, you know. It's like everyone, uh, ladies or gentlemen or whoever, whatever you like. You're always that's the person you're seeing. Exactly. Um, you how you, you've been making music longer than you play golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music was, uh, you know, middle school was like. I, I mean, I've been singing, you know, in, in theater, and then I quit that. But I've been playing music, writing my own stuff for a long time. Um, but music's a fucking pain in the ass. Music, like like golf. The great thing about golf, unlike anything else, whether it's a sport or whether it's anything, man, it's the most democratic game yeah. of all time. And this oh, yeah. year, because they cut the, uh, you know, the qualifying rounds for the U.S. Open and the U.S. Amateur, pissed me off because it takes away the democracy of it. Right. Uh, like Tin Cup, Kevin Costner's character said, you know, it's a Democrat game. As long as you have a two handicap, you can qualify, right? So yeah. look, you just got to have the right attire for the course. And you could be anybody, you could be any gender, any age. If you're uh, the handicap that, you know, allows you to qual qualify or sign up for a tournament, you got 14 clubs and they are adhering to the rules of golf. Or you can have 10 clubs. You have less than 14 clubs, right? Mm -hmm. and, a, and, and a golf ball. And a golf ball. And as long as they adhere to the rules of golf, you got the back. You could be anybody. Yeah. Sign up for a U.S. Open qualifier. Go out and shoot a 66. Then get into their sectional qualifier two months later or a month and a half later. Shoot another 65 and then another 66 because it's a 36-hole qualifier. You get to the U.S. Open. Yeah. And then in the U.S. Open – you just go out and you shoot your, your four rounds of even par. You're probably finishing top 10. Yep. Your life's different. 250,000 bucks. And then you're a pro. So what other sport can you do that? Do you, no. would you, but you can make the argument though, that the only part that's not so democratic is the, the things you mentioned, getting the tire, getting the ability to play, getting the, uh, okay. that's yeah. not as that's, it's not yeah. as 
accessible as like basketball. Correct. Basketball, what do you need? A ball. A ball. Soccer is the most worldly game because you don't need anything. You know, kids are playing without even soccer balls. They're using squashes and like, you yeah. know, like, like, you know, you see these stories about kids growing up playing soccer and then like any object and you can make a soccer pitch out of anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a, just in a room, you set up two goals. Like you could use two books to set up. Right. Yeah. So I understand the accessibility to it, but in team sports. Okay. And in other individual sports, but especially in team, you need to get to the next level. You need a coach mm-hmm. to put you in the game and give you playing time. So if you have a coach that doesn't believe in you, you're screwed. Yeah. So I, I grew up, and in the first high school I went to, uh, my coaches didn't like me. They didn't, they didn't like me in baseball. Like I was a decent pitcher, but I wanted to hit. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, 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 you're only going to pitch once. And then we, we got – I didn't get along with them. And yeah. same thing, you know, basketball coach was cool, but like, yes, were, I just want to play offense. I don't want to play defense. I don't well, want to. <laughs> there were 11 other guys on the basketball team that got in ahead of me or yeah. that I had to compete with for time. Right. Yeah. And, and college golf and high school golf. Yeah. You have to be one of the top five guys. But It's a meritocracy. It's, it is a meritocracy. Correct. So I can throw 96 miles an hour, but if a coach doesn't like the way I'm throwing it, he's not going to give me the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. still going against other people. Golf. What you shoot is what you are. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So how, how great is that? It's yeah. not you got Shaquille O'Neal to block your shot. <laughs> or you have a goalkeeper that's more – it's like you just need to be better than the course that day. And what other people shoot, you can't control. You yeah. control everything. That is so cool. And back to my music, I could pop out these songs. I got four songs out right now on Spotify. and and whatever iTunes uh, and YouTube. And I got my first full music videos coming out soon, but I have to promote that. I got to convince people to listen to it. I got to spend money on advertising. I got to spend money on a PR campaign. I got to spend money on an Instagram campaign. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with comedy because you've got an art form and you're, you're really talented. And I think I've got some pretty good tunes, but because we're constantly competing for eyeballs and, Uh and there's, Everyone and their mom's got a computer. Everyone right. and their mom's got a smartphone. So it's like you can put out content so easily. And what differentiates your content from someone else, whether it's good or not, doesn't matter. It's yeah. up to the viewer. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's like, you know, there's, well, there's how many billion people on earth, right? How so, many, then 350 million here. Yeah, and you're like, how are we competing for eyeballs? There's enough. There should be enough eyeballs, but it feels like we're literally competing for like the same 10 eyeballs. Correct. And and like when I put stuff up on my socials, it's like I get the same people and I love all these people, but they're people I know in real life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an early adopter. Like if you were the first guy to go on Instagram and post comedy clips, like Instagram is a brand new thing. And Tyler, you're the first dude, the rock cock post. <laughs> you know, uh, that's an inside joke for all you kids out there. Uh, <laughs> it's an Easter egg for the New York Golf Center folks. Exactly. Um, but if you're the first guy or one of the first 10 guys or girls to post comedy videos on Instagram, yeah. use hashtag comedy. When people go on to Instagram, the first few users, and they type in that hashtag, you come up. Yeah. Oh, it's the same yeah. thing on YouTube. I remember YouTube came out when it first came out, when it was just a standalone thing. 
I was on there. I had a basketball video uh, that I was sending out to college coaches. And I, I had like 70,000 views on this basketball video because <laughs> it was one of the first yeah. basketball videos ever on YouTube. Now, I wasn't thinking, oh, my God, like, hey, if I did videos like what we're doing right now or I put uh -huh. up little piano videos that I'm doing on Instagram in 2005, I'd, I'd be fucking famous by default because <laughs> I could just use a hashtag. And if you're the first person to put that hashtag up re relative to your video and people search for it, you're going to get found. Mm -hmm. But now we're at a point of oversaturation on all of these platforms that you need to be some doing something that no one else has done. And right. something needs to be a topic that people are looking up. And you, so, and you're very knowledgeable in this field, right? Self-promotion. So yeah. you've studied it. And yeah. that's also a thing that a, a golfer doesn't have to do. Like you're taking time away from creating music to learn this other skill, uh, self-promotion. Cause yeah. you have to master that as well. So you not only have to make really good music, but you also have to master this completely different skill set where, other professional athletes, for the most part, don't have to do it. No, like, I mean, sports, okay, perfectly, perfect example. A good athlete uh, gets gets everything once they're good at being like an athlete, right? Yeah. LeBron James didn't need to know how to like promote himself. He just is six foot nine, two hundred forty five pounds, and can fly. Yeah. You know I mean? So it's like he just needs to put the ball in the hoop and pass it off to other people. Playing yeah, over. he needs to do that one thing good. Exactly. And then everybody else is like, how can we're going to promote you? you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing with a good golfer. It's like, if you can shoot and score and like you win, like Bryson DeChambeau's kind of got like, uh, I hope this goes viral. He's a little autistic. He's a little <laughs> bit, he's a little bit out there, right? Uh -huh. A little, not, not like socially awkward dude. Yeah. He's genius, but he's a socially awkward guy. And that being said, he doesn't need to brand himself. He brands himself through what he does. On right. The he he doesn't have to give a shit what people think. You know, no. he's he his mind is like, I want to get as good at golf as, as I can. I don't. It doesn't really matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what I sound like. You obviously can't say certain things, you know, sure. or can't do certain things. But like, well, I'm saying, like, if, if Bryson DeChambeau was a was a keyboard player or like writing pop songs, yeah. uh and he had to do what you and I do or thousands, millions of other people have to do and like build their own brand Your network. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I, you know what I mean? He's just got his skill set, and you know, like I said, he's a socially awkward guy. Or maybe yeah. there might, but the thing is there might be a world that we are unaware of where that stuff has to go on like at lower levels, maybe especially to get funding to, be able to go on like mini tours and stuff. You sure, gotta, sure, you know, if you're trying to like, yeah, but look to get funding for, for golfers. If you're, if you're a mini tour golfer and you want someone to sponsor you, here's the best thing you can do. Shoot better. <laughs> be good. That's it. If you, if you doesn't matter, like, or I mean, yeah, you could wear, you know, two gloves, Tommy game. You know, he's got yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got two gloves. I know that. I got two. Or <laughs> Boo Weekly. Boo Weekly is like, he's a, he's a relatable hick, right? Everyone's like, I know Boo. But yeah. guess what? If Boo didn't shoot the good numbers, no one's going to care. Right. Like nobody's oh. given 
like if I can't go into a, a venture capitalist meeting and be like, I want to go play pro golf. You guys got to sponsor me. They're never going to, I could be as like charming and, and like as likable as possible, Correct. but I'm not going to leave that meeting without them being like, but what is your hand? What are you shooting? You know, Correct. that's the, that's the resource. Well, but, and for you as a comedian, for me as a musician, how many streams do you have? Mm-hmm. What's your podcast numbers? You know, and like at the end of the day, it is analytics, but analytics in like in golf, you just have to be good. In baseball, you have to throw a fast pitch. Yeah. Here, it's like if you have 50 grand, Tyler, and you throw 50 grand into a radio campaign where you put your jokes, it's like, check out Tyler Roth, Roth, Dunn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Enough people hear those ads, watch those ads, you're going to get traction. Yeah. And it's a pay to play situation. It's the same thing with music. Like, what differentiates my songs from a Maroon 5 song? It's just a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. But Maroon 5 is at a place now where they could spend a lot of money so a lot more people hear it. Whereas now I'm just competing by, I want my friends to hear it. So I need to do yeah. something so fucking crazy. Like, I need to blow up a bank while, like, <laughs> one of my songs is playing in the background and hope enough people have their phones. It's like, you know, it's like, what's that song playing while that bank is exploding? You know, like, uh, well, I hope that doesn't, I hope this isn't the thing that gets you, uh, no, this goes viral for you. He's not condoning that behavior, folks. But you know, that, that gives me a, an idea that next time <laughs> a natural disaster or like there's a fire in the street on the Upper East Side or something, I'm going to go with a boombox, play yeah. my song. So when people are videotaping the fire, right? My song will be faintly in the background and an algorithm will pick up. Like, do you, do you want to make it that way? Is that how, is that, do you even want it? That's more of a, that's, that is, I think you're, I think you're right. That is something that could work, but isn't that kind of a shame that that's where we are? Look, you need to be on Dr. Phil now. And like, or if you're on a reality show and, and like, you don't have anything to do with music. Or you, you're like, they'll just write a song for you. As long as you're <laughs> on Google, they'll be like, don't worry about it. You're not a musician. You have you ever sang before? No? Yeah. We'll write you a song. We got a whole team of Berkeley Music School guys ready to go. They write the tune. They pop it out. As long as you are a hot commodity, and I go on Google, and I type in whatever the name is, and you show up, that's all they care about. And well, how did how did we get here, and how does it, how do we, how does it get fixed? Do you think I, it's over? I, I think, no, I, I think it is over. I think this pandemic, for now, this pandemic's only further pushed everything to that direction. Look how you and I are talking. We should probably be meeting in a fucking studio. Instead, you know, you're wherever you are in Alabama, and I'm here. <laughs> I, I don't know where you are. It doesn't matter. It Nobody doesn't, knows where no, I am. No one knows. It's very weird. You got a basketball behind you. <laughs> Looks like I'm in somebody's basement. I don't know who it is, but they got it. Wi-Fi. I wouldn't say it was a basement. If I had to guess, it just looked like a weird desk of like a high school gym teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I broke into my old high school, and I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Like, what books do you have behind there? It's oh, like, dude, it's like I mean, probably like some like uh, physical- those books haven't been opened in in decades. No one's looked. No <laughs> one reads books. I'm in a room right now with tons of books to my left. I, I can't, you know, show you, but like you can't see anything. But like, it, let me tell you something. No one reads books yeah. books are heavy you can't move them when you move apartments or houses and uh you know everything's online the but only time people have books is they put them in their they put them somewhere so you could see that there are books and then that's the last time people want people to think 
that they have books. Correct. That's it. Yeah, it's like I, I have books. I must read. I'll tell you what. I posted about this. Greatest fucking book ever. And only white kids have read this book. I don't care if you're white, black, brown, pink, Asian, whatever. I don't know how Asians you only whatever. You know, read the Miles Davis autobiography. Uh -huh. This is the best fucking book. And Samuel L. Jackson's every single character he's ever played. Motherfucker, motherfucker. Miles. Motherfucker. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this is the, the, just so good about American history and about jazz and about about music. And uh, it's a great story. Um, highly recommend this. The Miles book. Davis document. Well, go back to, you said the pandemic further okay. pushed everything. The pandemic brought us totally digital. Right. Before the pandemic, you could play a comedy show. I could go out and play a concert. I, I do nightclub parties. So I could have a nightclub party and then put on the flyer. Young Borif doing a single. I invite 150 people. I had a listening party. I invited a bunch of friends. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Now I have to do everything online. And guess what? If I didn't have an online audience prior to the pandemic, there ain't no fucking way I'm getting one now. Yeah. Now, I've spent, I don't have any money now because I'm no work. Because yeah. the other business did. But I've spent money on like internet campaigns, on ads. It doesn't do anything. The only way to grow an audience is either A, you bubble off someone that has a bigger audience. Like you and I are doing a mini bubble right now because uh -huh. I'm going to repost this and I'll tag you. Maybe a few of my friends will check you out. Maybe a right. few of your friends. But really to grow, you need to attach yourself to someone huge mm -hmm. and or bigger than you. Um, and look at the top 10 on Spotify. Let's do this right now. Honestly, I'm pulling up a Spotify right now. Let's just take a look at what we got. Okay, here we go. We're going to look at Spotify. Let's look at the charts. We're going to go browse. We're going to go charts. We're going to go top 50 in the United States. Number one song right now. I don't even. One, two, three, four artists. Number two, two artists. Number three, two artists. Number four, three artists. Number five, two artists. Number seven, one, two, three artists. Three artists. So it's like. They're all doing it. Yeah. I mean, like you got Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper. Marshmallow and somebody else, the baby and Roddy Rick. You get what I'm saying? Everyone is bubbling off of everybody else. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and then there's like six, seven writers on each one of these tracks mm -hmm. because nobody has enough star power to make it on their own. And God forbid we actually gave someone a chance to grow. Right. But because everything's so fast and because of this pandemic and everything's so digital and you want your content so quickly, you're not going to, as a record label, as a media house, you're not going to be like, you know what? Let's, yeah, let's, you don't want to be that guy in the, or the, you don't want to be that record exec, young record exec in a meeting, be like, hey, I think we should take a chance on this guy and they flop, this artist and they flop. You, you don't want that because you, your job's on the line. Correct. You, you know, your job's yeah. on the line. Correct. So you well, could be the young record A&R person that's like, you know, I went to uh, the bottom line. That's actually a club that's out of business. But let's say I, I, I went to uh, pianos and I saw this really cool indie rock band. And, you know, they're from Brooklyn and they're so cool. They really don't have social media. They don't know how to brand themselves. Mm. But their music is fucking awesome. And that front man is really, really cool. And they have a chick keyboard player that's dope. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And? The only time I've seen I I've seen this, and I don't know if you saw this video. I think it's from a couple years ago, but at NYU, Pharrell came to do a master class, and the one student, I think her name is Maggie, 
Maggie Roberts, Maggie Waters. I'm going to look this up. Maggie something. But they were doing um, Pharrell. I mean, that's still the in the whole program. They still picked eight students to show Pharrell a song. So she is at NYU. If you're one of eight in the music department that has a song, you're you're the cream of the crop anyway. But uh, Maggie Rogers. Yeah, Maggie Rogers. And you so she's playing Pharrell this brand new song that she made. And you see him. You see the moment where and she's just a college student. You see the moment where her life will never be the same after that moment, you know, because he really liked the I lose you. And uh, oh, you're still there. Okay. You're there. And he he like freaked out when he heard her song, and you just saw like that's how it happens. But it, that's still bubbling, right? He took, you know, he needed for real. It's not like you and me saw it and we're like, oh my god, Maggie. Yeah. You know, it's so amazing. No, he he has influence. Yeah. So it's like unless you get in front of that, and that's what talent shows are. That's why people get discovered on TV for singing or some or a comedy show. It's a contest. It's a contest. It's not like anyone can just go out now and do the hustle of playing the clubs. They right. were doing it before the pandemic and no one was coming out of it. It's like Lady Gaga did that. She hustled. She's my mm-hmm. age, but she hustled in, in the early 2000s playing venues, playing How clubs. did she make it? Did she attach herself to somebody? She's really good. She also had money behind her, right? She went to a $55,000 a year high school. It's not like she's poor by any means. But Stephanie went out and hustled and played shows, and she worked on her voice and worked on her songs, worked on her image. But she played shows. Yeah. Now, if you play shows, you can play shows for the next 15 years, and no one will care, no matter how good – unless you grow, like, a huge audience – but the likelihood of that happening is slim to none because a kid that just puts a video of himself singing on YouTube and has the right PR person push it to the right people, to the Pharrells of the world, guess what? That's all it takes. Yeah. And, and it, that's it. It does. And it does kind of prove your point about how golf is, you know, a meritocracy and the most democratic sport because during the pandemic golf has exploded golf like golf on t like the pga tour has exploded and just the industry in itself has so it shows you that you know golf will will, if golf can have an uprising during this time like it's 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 here to stay and it's it's a sport that going anywhere and the only thing that's going to hurt golf is is um you know, there's not enough courses, but there are, you know, in the cities, metropolitan areas. I, I did the math on this, right? Let's say there's like 300 members on average of every like metropolitan area club in New York. You've got Westchester, you've got Rockland, you've got Dutchess, you've got Fairfield County, you got Nassau and Suffolk, you got Bergen and the rest of New Jersey. Um, there's probably only about 120 private clubs. That's a lot of rich people. Okay. Yeah. Um, because it's so expensive. I think the average like initiation is like twenty-six thousand in the section, which is ranging from like zero to like two hundred fifty thousand, right? Mm-hmm, or million dollars yeah. for like some of these clubs. There's only about forty to forty-five thousand private golf club members in the metropolitan area. Out of and, how many, and how many total golfers? To- total golfers? How many how many would you say is in the metro area? 
500,000, 600,000 people play golf. And only one out of 10 of those people, right, is a member at a private club. So that means there's <laughs> 450,000 people trying how many, to get how many clubs? Not many. There's not many public golf options. There's yeah. a lot of private golf options, but you have to have money. And, and that's where the only thing that golf, what sucks about golf is that it, it is expensive to get the 14 clubs, to get the, you know, and you know, you want to get into the shafts and the fucking grips that are fitting mm -hmm. you exactly. It's not like you're, you know, playing hoops. It's one ball. Yeah. It's the only yeah. sport where it gets more expensive as you get better. The better you are, you don't get rewarded for, like, you're almost like better off just being a weekend hacker because you yeah, can just walk out with anything. Golf, you know, go to, you know, Charlie's, uh, at the golf center, you buy a tailor-made driver off the deck and, and uh, you buy some golf balls and, you know, it's still expensive though. It's, it's a commitment yeah. to play. It is a commit. And then once you're on the course, yeah, you, it's slow. You have to spend in a public course, five hours, six hours on a, on it's a time. Course. Yeah. So what uh, do you think is the solution to that? Like we're, cause we're at a crossroads where I think more people than ever are going to start playing, especially people are going to start playing that haven't played in a long time. Or never tried it. Even all limited the courses. Is the driving ranges are slammed. So it's like you can't even get into a driving range. I think, and I wrote this for Golf Works uh, a few years ago. Look, baseball, you've got little leagues, right? Where you can, kids can go and play. And yeah, private courses have junior programs. And sure, there's the first tee, but that's more about like respect and like mm -hmm. no rules and actually learning golf. The key to growing golf is to not have full golf courses for people, young people uh, and older people just getting into the game and for women trying to get into the game, right? Yeah. In driving range, you can learn how to hit the ball, but it's different on a course. You should develop more short courses. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So I, I put on golf works. We need to have a little league size golf courses, more municipal like uh, pitch and putts. Yeah. More short courses where it's not 7,000, 7,500. We, those are for the pros. Yeah. I, I carry the ball. I can hit, Now I'm hitting it really far because I got some more club head speed. I can hit the ball 280 yards, 275 yards pretty consistently in, on a normal 70-degree day without any wind. I can hit it. Perfect That's conditions, awesome. downwind. Downwind. <laughs> I, dude, I've been, when I get pissed off when I'm losing <laughs> now and I just don't care, I'm hitting it really far. But yeah. the fact of the matter is most people aren't going to hit that far. Uh -huh. they, but they're going to go on a course with someone like me and you who are going to hit it far and we're going to be waiting behind them. That's not the way to grow the game, to throw people out onto a public course and like on a Sunday afternoon. No, build specific golf learning facilities or golf learning courses where, hey, me and my two kids can go out and play, but the holes are like 80 to 150 yards mm -hmm. you know, and, and they're just like fun par yeah. threes or short par fours and there's a little pitch and putt six hole course in port st Lucie. it's it's free yeah they, they literally have mats for the tee boxes and these cute little greens a little santra yeah you can go around it as many times as you want yeah and that is the greatest thing ever because if i'm just like you know taking my kid or i don't have one but you get what i'm saying or if i'm just learning golf okay i'll go to the range and I'll learn how to play with a wedge and a putter. And then I'll go to this short course and I'll, I'll get better that mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, there's in Bethlehem. I'm in not now in Alabama. I'm in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and there is, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, but is. um, no, people will get offended no, if they hear me say that. Is from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That's true. That is true. Uh, hasn't it. been back. Hasn't been back since he's been famous. But. Years ago, he was in acting class with me. I said, "You look really familiar." I said, "Where are you from?" And he goes, "Bethlehem." And I'm like, "I don't know." Wait, really? You met Jonathan Taylor Thomas in an acting class? We were in an acting class together. And um, then I was like, I left. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This guy was in my grammar school girlfriend's locker. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's in my acting class. Why the hell is it? And he, I guess he was, you know, he, he, I think he was going to Columbia or something. Like, because he realized, like, you know, he was a teen heartthrob. And then you grow up. And uh, only a generation of kids know who he is. Like, uh -huh. if you ask a 17 year old girl, who the hell is Jonathan Taylor Thomas? No idea. Yeah, no, no clue. 29 to 40 year old girl, she's like, yeah. How old How old was he post? Like, how far removed from celebrity oh, was he? It was, it was years. It was, you know, how, let's, how old is Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Jonathan Taylor. He's probably 40. Uh, 80, he's 39. Ooh. So, this was uh, in 2000 and five so he's uh i was i was 20 so he was like 24 he was like 24 and he was like he didn't want you to know who he was no he didn't he wasn't telling anybody <laughs> was he a good actor yeah he was good he didn't know what he's yeah. doing <laughs> i hope so like, like listen you got a lot of training he, he had good comedic timing he was on home improvement yeah, yeah. well the, the, the I, I don't know if he plays golf but we'd love to See him back here in Bethlehem. I don't think he's ever been. Maybe he has. I don't like go to his house ever. But um, there, there's a small executive course at Bethlehem that's like perfect. It's like tw like twelve bucks. It's not that's long. It. You can like it's the main it, thing courses is expensive, and that's the like I was like I should open a a small eighteen hole like par three course in Westchester and charge like whatever twenty five bucks around and like you know, like give out golf balls. So it's mm -hmm. like, hey, lose your ball. Like, just keep going. Yeah. Like, this isn't about that. This is just about fun. You know what I mean? And like learning how to play. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that people, it needs to be more accessible for people to get better. And because it's a hard game to get good at, because it's just, it's consistency and starting at an early age, learning the instrument. It's like anyone can play the piano. Anyone can make noise. But if you want to get good, you got to go through the scale. Mm -hmm. You got to mm -hmm. do it slowly. You yeah. got to have some patience. And and golf is is the same way. It's like what do you think? What do you think about like thing places like Top Golf? Do you think that's good for growing the game? Uh, or is that is that a diminishing return? I think that's just. I don't think Top Golf is growing golf. I think it's just getting people to do an activity involving golf. Uh -huh. it, it's like top golf. It's like, I know friends that have gone to top golf and they're like, Oh, I was hitting it so good. And I've taken them out for a lesson. And I was like, mm -hmm. no, you aren't. Well, and golf should never be the secondary attraction to golf. Like top golf. The golf is the secondary attraction. Correct. Yeah, the drinks, the food, the hanging out. it's hanging yeah. out while you're doing so. Like if you and I go to top golf, it's going to be competitive and it's going to uh -huh. be, yeah, uh, but if you want to like grow the game of like being able to play and I guess enjoy it, I don't know. I mean, it, it really depends on the person. Like, some people enjoy just writing songs and playing music. They don't care if 
they get any streams on Spotify. So mm-hmm. it really depends on what your goals are as a person. And that I've taken an overall approach because I always think about what do I want to do? What does Tyler want to do? I was just going to ask you what the goal, what your goals were. Well, for me, it's like I, I've just always wanted to be in a place where I can write songs and get finished products and get them out to a massive audience. My mm-hmm. goal, like I, I wrote two things today. And I sent them to a producer friend. He's like, these are fucking awesome, but no one's going to hear these. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like I've got a decent enough skill level with my music. I could pump out tunes that if there were other artists that I was able to get in touch with, they would like be able to make these into full productions and get music better. And you asked me a question about like, what do I think's the answer? Like, are things going to change? I think when people can go back to shows and people can go back out to doing stuff in reality, they're going to want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really hoping that we're all going to get off the computer and off the phone and back into reality a lot more. But yeah. my hope is that the record labels, the people in the movie business, the people in entertainment start using their ears and eyes and stop relying on statistics and analytics to make their decisions um because the quality that we're getting in the arts isn't as good as it was a generation or two prior to us and uh, i think that our age group when we're in our 50s so that's in about 20 you know 10 mm-hmm. 10 to 20 years depending on how old you are um i think we're the last ones that grew up with like regular nintendo and I grew up with the internet until we were teenagers. And so we, we kind of know what it was like to actually go to a record store and buy stuff. Yeah. Um, and have value of music and have value of a DVD. So art is actually, you know, uh, musical or, or visual art has some value to us. Um, it's not just like, yeah, I can go on YouTube and look at everything for free. Um, I think when we are in charge, we're not quite there yet. There's still people in their 50s from the 80s who are just like, I need to turn a quick buck. But I think our generation, kids that were born in the Reagan administration or the Clinton administration, early Clinton administration, are going to make some major changes um, and and hopefully bring back the, you actually need to have some talent and we're going to be able to foster that talent as opposed to relying on, you know, a quick viral video to determine fame. Look at little Nas X last year. He came out with the the number one streamed, number one download song of all time, The Old Town Road. That song was a remix of a remix (laughs) that he downloaded off the internet, didn't originally have the rights to, and and then spent some money to rap on it and do his thing and, and catchy, fun lyrics. But he had a base of followers on his social media platforms that he'd grown for years right? by bubbling off of famous people. He had like a Nicki Minaj fan page. It was huge. Uh-huh. And because he had that audience, he was able to send that audience to his new little song with the, with the lasso. I don't think that kid's ever going to produce anything else ever again. Will he need, but will he need to? He's not. He can't. That's no. not retire money. He, no. can't, he doesn't retire money. Well, he does. He's got a few million dollars yeah yeah it's the number one song of all time he's got a few million dollars now granted he doesn't own all the rights to everything but you know he's got a few million dollars where he he doesn't need to do anything else ever again um i mean he's not going to live like you know uh you know he's not patrick mahomes money but he's got more money than than you and i would yeah. ever 
were making. And guess what? This kid did one thing. Yeah. And 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 guess what? He's not a musician. He he never spent the time. He never spent the hours to learn how to golf, as we're talking about. He right. Went to top golf, and he went to Top Golf, and he made a silly video, and that silly video based on he he spent the time playing around on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what kids do. It's like they, they you ask a kid, "What do you want to do? You want to be an influencer? I want to be an influencer. What's that Oof. mean? What's that mean?" That you means, have influence. I, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. That's but that's what that's what we're selling. That's what the world is. It's like I don't want I don't want to be a guitar player. I want to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. What that mean? I'm playing other people's music. Yeah, you know, and and like, there's gonna be a breaking point, man, where there's gonna be so many people that want to influence and so many people that want to use other people's shit that there's not gonna be enough people making good shit. Right. Yeah. At what point is there more people trying to influence than people that are being influenced? We're here. We're here right now. <laughs> like here. everybody's an influencer. Everyone's an influencer. But right. then you're you're influencing people that want to be influencers. Like what the hell? I feel like we're in like a alternate universe. We are in an alternate universe. <laughs> we're, we're, look, we're in a fucking pandemic. New York City, the city that never sleeps. You have to be out of the restaurants. At 25% capacity by like 11 o'clock. Yeah. Like, what is going on? And I this is why this like this whole conspiracy theory about this pandemic, it's like, yeah, it's obviously real. It gets people sick, but it's given the government and people that want to run shit a certain way way more control than they ever had before. Mm-hmm. They can mandate everything and they're putting us all online here. So it's like <laughs> it's it's like super fucked up. And, and when you apply it to art, when you apply it to anything, it's just like, oh, my God. The only way I can, like, make money off of art is to spend money on ads through major corporations, Google and Instagram yeah. and you know, Facebook, uh, Deezer, whatever the fuck it is. I got to spend my money online. I can't do anything in person now. Right. Yeah. So it's like this pandemic has only aided big tech and, and big government. Um, that is fucking scary shit. It's just, don't you wish you could have the, just play a golf match, you know? Or it's like, that's the worst. I mean, you're either better than the person you're not. It comes back to the meritocracy of it. Like we, like, I just wish that it was as simple as I, if you're making money playing people, you know, for a couple bucks, cause then you, you, you show up at the course and you either win or you don't, but you know you didn't get cheated. Unless they cheat. Correct. Because Correct. golf, you never, unless they're cheating, you can't get cheated. Correct. Correct. You, look, that's, yeah. And back to why golf is so great. Everyone's in the same place. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying, playing the same tee box, you're going to the same hole. Unless you cheat where you move the ball, but like that's, you know, if you're watching someone, that's not going to happen. So it's like you hit the ball, they hit the ball. You hit the ball, they hit the ball. I made a four, you made a five. I win. Yeah. Uh, not doesn't happen like that at all in anything else. It's yeah, it seems like to keep the golf analogy, we're sometimes when especially when we're dealing with extremely powerful people, yeah, we we think the hole is one place and we're halfway through the hole, and they're like, actually, that's not where it was, it's never been there. And you start questioning. 
Well, I thought it was there. No, that's actually, it's over there. Hit it that way. And then you hit it that way. Like actually the holes over there and they just change the game. The game's constantly changing where you can't get a foot. You can't get a, you know, you have oh, no hold on it. Correct. I'm telling all, I have this thing called music artists anonymous, uh, music artists anonymous was like a group with my, my music friends. And we meet on Mondays on zoom and we have different people from the industry come in and talk to us about what's happening with promotions and then the music industry. And I'll tell you what, I spend all this money uh, like to grow my Instagram, to grow my Spotify. Uh, it's basically pissing into a black fucking hole. And, <laughs> and like, like it's like a total waste of time and money because these platforms are already cooked. It's like a piece of meat and it's like way past well done now. It's <laughs> like you need to be the Christopher Columbus or the Leif Erickson or choose your favorite explorer on a new platform. You need to be the first person on a platform that blows up. So, Tyler, if you're the first comedian on a new platform that no one's ever heard of, you got a chance as long as that platform gets down. Like if you were one of the first kids on TikTok. Yeah. Who knew about TikTok two and a half, three years ago? Like now it's like you can, you can get on now, but everyone's on. So you yeah. got really less of a chance. And like when record labels are paying a hundred grand for Ariana Grande to have a TikTok campaign. A guy like me that pays 50 to 150 bucks for a TikTok campaign, I'm not really going to be able to compete. Right, right, right. And but I will say this. I had a friend last week uh, from New York City, comedian friend. For He just had his head down since I've started, since I moved to New York. He's been in your, and we weren't like super close, but he's had his head down, just worked hard sold a show to Showtime and made it. So I think there is chances too. Yeah. Like no, I don't want to, I don't want to, well, I guess. So, I mean, I'd like to know more about the background of why Showtime was interested. You know, did he get a certain amount of fans online? Did his analytics like, were they really good? Because my mom did a show with, with Ben Stiller's sister and did a pilot and it was hysterical, but because she didn't have a big audience, like every network passed up, even if she had some star power. Yeah. Um, so yeah, your comedian friend probably put in the time and the grind and made those contacts. And that's what pisses me off so much about this pandemic is you can't grind anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't do the show. Our, our mutual friend he went to my high school, Sam Morell, Sam, just grinded he was doing shows he still does three four night you know three four shows a night going from club to club to club to club and he had he had connections yeah but he didn't use those connections as much as he just fucking went after it went after yeah. it after it went after it went after it went after it and and comedy is like that um it is hard it is hard man and i i you know commend you for doing it and i'm glad i see you're playing some shows again now yeah um that you know, that that's like the ultimate grinding gig you know? yeah 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 i think it all is man like but i then i look at like some people i know that are like working in an office they're grinding too man <laughs> that doesn't look yeah, funny. Yeah. i mean like yeah exactly and you're grinding for you know that next promotion um and and the hope that you can you know, move up the ladder and some people aren't some people are happy with where they are and this is what the whole thing is in life you have to look at perspective what you want and what you think is great someone else might be like that's 
absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that. Um, a lot of my friends are like, Jonas, why, why are you trying to play music? Like, why are you trying to get people to play listen to your music? It's like, because uh, it's what I like to do. It's like, yeah. and I want to share the music and I want as many human beings to listen to it. Um, I think and, a lot of people don't think about that for their own, for themselves. Yeah. Oh, people definitely, you got to think about what, what do you want out of your life? And once you kind of figure that out, I guess it's a lot easier to, to attain it. Um, my personal issue is I've got a few things that I want and I want to, <laughs> I want to get the music out. Uh, I want to open the dopest nightclub and coolest restaurant in New York. I want to, uh, I want to play in a few U.S. amateurs. I mean, or the U- at this point, I guess it's going to be U.S. senior amateur. I want to be a mid am. You got the mid am. You got the mid am. Yeah, mid am. But mid am is like seventy percent ex touring pros that really clear the amateur. I heard. The, yeah, I think the mid am is hard. It's like it's like if you were on the nationwide tour, you got cut, and you didn't make it. You just redeclare your amateur status. A year later, they give it to you, and then you go play against schmoes like me. <laughs> um, so the mid am's a disaster. Uh, yeah, but that's it. You know, and like when you want to do three things like that, three very difficult things, it's not like I say, hey, man, you know, I want to be the best dentist New York could ever see. I'd be, a, you know, I go back to medical school. I get a dentist, you know, dental degree. Yeah. And I make money. I'm a dentist. Um, yeah, yeah. I just happen to pick three things. You know, golf, very difficult. I started late. You know, had I been playing since I was three, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Um, music, which is a, you know, opinion-based sport. Um, you could be the, I could have the thr- the next thriller album, but it's just like, you think it sucks. Someone mm-hmm. else thinks it's great. Hopefully the other person that thinks it's great is a Pharrell that can push me up the ladder. Yeah. If it's like I- the, it's the whole Moby Dick story, right? Yeah. When that book was written, it was like a failure. He died. The the author died. It was a, you know, a, a, a failure. And then just based on timing, I think it was like World War One or Two. The people in the Navy related to the story, and that was like their their like story. Yes. So then it became a critical success. However, that dude died thinking that thing sucked. But now okay, it's guy, as the, had no the, idea. I, I actually it's like it's like that writer had no clue. Her is it Melville Herman? Yeah, Herman. Herman. Exactly, exactly. You had no clue. What happened? Like it became like an American literary like monster, yeah. um, and and this guy died like penniless, and yeah. and a lot of artists, you know, you know, die that way. Like especially classical composers live like lives of like hor- like horrible lives. Jazz musicians live these horrible lives. And I guess they- you kind of do hear that story with golfers, though. You do hear that like there's guys on the mini tours that could beat anybody. There's like, and they just haven't had their break yet. But I think the break. A lot of that, a lot of those types of people, that's they die on their own sword, right? They're they have vices or they can't get out of their own head. It's sure. not because of the, you know, people just said no. Because like we said, if you shoot a sixty-two on a Monday qualifier, you're in. You're in, babe. It doesn't yeah. matter if the the the, the, the marshal thinks you suck. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if I write a masterpiece um, and it sounds great, it's a matter of opinion. You can think Tori Spelling is the best actress in the world, and I could rightfully say she's the worst. But <laughs> you know what I mean? The only difference is going to be like, well, Tori Spelling's dad has a lot of money and can yeah. put her on 90210. And right. it's going to become famous. 
Okay, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. Best golfer, best musician of all time. Not not alive? Whatever you want. Best ever, live or dead. You got to go Tiger. It's Tiger, bro. It's Jack. You think Jack is better than Tiger? Come on. Be honest with yourself. You're just being contrarian right now. Show world of golf matches where, where Jack is playing fucking Sam Snead and all these monster dudes. And, and just watch videos of Jack in the majors and the amount of focus and concentration he has. And with the clubs and the equipment they had, they all had it though. They all dude, had the same ones. Let me tell you something. If you give those guys the equipment we have today against the players we have today, they are destroying people. I understand what you're saying, but like Oscar Robertson as a basketball player was like, you know, they didn't have the three point ball like before like the eighties. So like there's, you can't judge generations against each other, but I have a feeling that like you take some guys like, Back, you put like Walter Hagen or Bobby Jones with today's gear, they're gonna destroy shit like you wouldn't. Uh, you you think they would beat Tiger at his prime? Oh, yeah, yeah. You 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 take a a young Bobby Jones and you give him a freaking <laughs> Titleist TSI three with like a graphite design shaft and like a fucking golf ball that doesn't really spin left or right. This motherfucker's gonna be like, what the fuck have I been playing with stick? <laughs> he's just gonna like he's, yeah, he's been cool. playing with some like wicker, like wicker like, Look, shafted Sam Steed's biography. Sam Steed went into the woods and cut himself, made a driver, like literally cut down a tree and like chopped <laughs> it up. So this dude swinging a fucking pole. You give this Sam Steed like in his 20s or 30s, like a freaking real driver, a real iron with like, oh my god, are you kidding? Iron Byron, these <laughs> go out there and shoot like fifty three, like <laughs> no, yes. no, no, no. Look, look, I'm telling you, there and look. Okay, hold on a sec. What's the name? Leatherstocking Golf Course. Okay, uh, it's in Cooperstown. There's a plaque. Because, like, some baseball player, I forgot, it was like Yogi Bear or something, hit, like, a 370-yard drive downwind with, like, a stick. You know, like, <laughs> like 200 cc wooden head, like, oh, my God, you get one of these guys. Like, it's like, come on, dude. Like, you can't you can't judge energy. So, Jack, yes, by far and away, better than Tiger. Tiger has a great mentality. Tiger, obviously, like, you know, beat the guys, change the game, being who he is and what he looks like. Uh, like, and then he came back and did it again. Correct. He beat, the, he beat the guys that he inspired. So that's that's very cool. And and uh, he got over his personal. DNA. That's what you don't do with all this artificial intelligence at our fingertips. We couldn't create the hypothetical Jack in his prime versus Tiger in his prime match. We could do that. We make holograms of Tupac in concerts. We could definitely as an art way to make this happen. Start competing against fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like they're just gonna bring back like Jim Morrison, be like, oh, let, I guarantee <laughs> if they put a hologram of Jim Morrison. I, I tried looking up this technology. I, 
Yeah, I would go see. I would go see a Doors concert. Are you kidding me? Just hologram? How much? Hundred bucks? That's fine. Sign me up. And then the same night, there's a hologram Doors show. I there's like thirty new bands. Yeah. Play for my attention. Fuck. Yeah. And okay, so greatest. What was the other musician? Musician. Mozart or, or Johann Sebastian Bach? Because let me tell you, these motherfuckers could do anything they wanted with 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 the keyboard, with the piano, with, with writing music. It's like their brains were just like. If you see, ever see Amadeus? Mm -mm. Best best movie. See Amadeus. Great fucking movie. But like, obviously, different time. Um, modern musician. Modern musician. Well, Eddie Van Halen just passed away. Yeah. Uh, what he did for the guitar is unbelievable. And and what I mean by that, it's like there's very few musicians, right? Where when you hear their work, it's just like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Well, Dad describes being a teenager in the 1960s. And, you know, growing up and you're listening to, you know, Buddy Holly and you hear the Beach Boys and it's fun and, you know, it's progressive, I guess. Because the fifties, they told me <clears throat> he was a teenager, like fifteen, and he turns on the radio, and the the MC goes, and, and now we've got Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix, and when it came on, my dad was like, like down, and my dad was like, what the fuck is that sound? <laughs> I've never heard anything like that, and that was just new. It was amazing, yeah. and and Van Halen when he played the guitar. Like George Lynch, who's another guitar player, went to their first show when they were called Mammoth at the Viper Room in L.A., and he was like, I need to go practice. Because he was just so good uh -huh. when he did the instrument. was so unique. Um, and I don't think we have – we haven't had that moment in music in a while. Like Michael Jackson, the moonwalk. Like, who <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone's moonwalked before him, but he took it to that next level, and he was like, holy shit, that was mind-bending. Right, and there hasn't been a moment. Where, yeah, can there be one? Or I guess you don't know. You don't know, you don't know what's out there. Know who that's going to be? And like, and right now we're just getting copies of copies of copies of copies. The weekend is a is a poor man's Michael Jackson, <laughs> right? Um, Billie Eilish is like a, I don't know. Like, it's just there's nothing amazing about that to me. Even my stuff, my stuff's not groundbreaking in that way it's good pop music for sure uh -huh. I, I like i've got good melodies and i'm talking about you know cool stuff but it's not like i'm not jimmy hendrix i'm not yeah. Halen. i'm not mozart uh, i'm not duke ellington i'm not miles davis so that's what like i guess we're looking for we don't know when it's going to happen we don't know how it's going to happen tiger woods is that of golf right you know, yeah He's and it hasn't been that. I mean, Bryson, possibly. Bryson is. And let's see if this pans out the way it could. Yeah. He might be reinventing the game, too. Well, he's a, he's a fucking scientist. Uh, he's a little weird. I said he's a little bit on the spectrum, but that's fine. We all uh, are a little bit, I think. Yeah. And, he's, yeah, he's reinventing the, the game. spectrum for a reason, because everybody's on it, right? Correct. Correct. I just think he's a little bit more like. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got. Fun, you know what I mean? Like what? What's that Rain Man? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like was, what, what, who was the actor in Rain Man? Um, 
Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. That's that's Bryson. Like a little autistic in a genius kind of way. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's thinking on a different wavelength than you. You're not. We're not on. We, we me and uh, what's um Bryson aren't on the same like. We're not on the same. Yeah. You're on the same world. No, and like look, imagine, I've always wanted to gain weight, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've I've figured out. I I have the solution if you want it. Oh, it's very okay. easy. Beer and chicken wings. Okay, but that's not what he's doing. No, this no. guy's figured out a way to gain that much weight that quickly and have it be efficient so it speeds up his golf swing. You know, Howard might like the Wyckoff, the, the golf pro I mentioned, he told me that that Bryson built like his own kind of like perfect swing arc thing and he had to keep adjusting the angles until he figured out the math of that. That's a that's a lot of commitment. Yeah. Uh, he told me, Jonas, you're gonna spend the next six months doing I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I want to get good at golf. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But he he sees the bigger picture, and he, you know he understands that the little things, you know, make the bigger picture. So I, it, yeah. he could be the one. And but the thing about that is, not everybody is going to be able to be 260 uh, and hit it 405 yards off the tee. No, and then that is a physical limit limiting thing. Um, but yeah, he he's the closest thing for golf right now. There's a lot of good players, but good players come in and out. There's in, in the Met section alone. There's like there's a kid named Luke Sample. He's like 16. He just won the Met Open, like beating all the local pros. So I mean, like there's always going to be good players. Um, you don't know what they're going to do. Look, Dak Prescott was looking like, oh my god, this guy's awesome, and he just destroyed his ankle. Who knows? Mm -hmm. if yep. Yeah, Carson uh, Wentz too. Carson Wentz. I mean, I, I'm an Eagles I, fan. Not factor now. Yeah, I mean, it's like no one even. So it's tough um, to determine what that's going to be. I'm I'm still trying to write that pop song that, like, when people turn it on, they're like, I haven't heard anything like this before. Um, you know, I write a lot of good stuff. Like I told you, it's like that's my goal is like to write music. Uh, but hopefully, I'll be able to figure out a way to get it out, and then people will be like this is great like yeah gilbert godfrey as a comedian right he picked a shtick that nobody else really did yeah 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 and he differentiated himself from the pack i guess that's what you have to do uh it's just a lot harder now because everyone and their mom's on the internet everyone and their mom has a platform yeah. and uh you can't do it in person so it we're just stuck to screens which just makes it a lot more difficult yeah well, let's just, uh, let's let's assume that somebody listening right now wants to find your platform. How do they find it? Oh, you got at Young, Young Boar. Yeah, at Young Boar on Instagram or youngboar.com. It gives you all the links to everything else. Um, yeah, like, look, you're going to like my stuff if you like pop music. It's really not much more difficult than that. And if you like, you know, opinion-based stuff on Instagram, I post a million stories. I piss off a lot of people. A lot of people also just enjoy it and i'm the type of person as long as you're not trying to like say hey, i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> um as long as you engage with me like hey i disagree with what you're saying and here's why yeah i'll respond to you and i'll say i appreciate your dissenting opinion here's why i think it's wrong right um that's the kind of engagement i like um yeah people tell me all the time like stop complaining stop complaining i'm like well when you fucking lose your fucking shit <laughs> you know yeah. you'll, you'll complain too but i don't I, I get it and i appreciate it 
so yeah, if people want to find me, uh, it's, I'm pretty easy to find. All right. Well, Jonas, thanks for, this was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. Thank you for letting me talk for like 70 minutes. Uh, <laughs> if I wasn't talking to you right now, I'd probably just be screaming into like a, <laughs> into your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Exactly what I said for an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy it's me because I, I I had a good time. It was fun. All right. So, I don't like the Jack over Tiger thing. I'll I'll we're gonna argue that again. Well, I'm gonna get my facts right. I'm gonna get some second opinions. I'm gonna get like a team together, and we're gonna uh, argue on the Jack versus Tiger debate. Nation's so divided right now. The nation's so divided. It is. I mean, look, I don't even know if like is Jack the greatest ball striker or is he the best winner like oh. like that's another question like mo norman apparently another guy on the spectrum was the greatest ball striker the guy couldn't miss but you put him in a pressure situation in a tournament he probably didn't play as well um there's that's where stats matter that's why jack's the best because he won the most majors fair enough i'll take Jordan's it fair enough. He never lost right fair enough fair, wait well We'll see what the people think. We'll let the, yeah, we'll sure. let the people decide. If LeBron, because you can never catch Jordan. You can never catch Jordan. I have a theory, and you've probably seen it, but what is the one thing that LeBron can do to catch up to Jordan? Um, in terms of winning championships? Yeah. yeah, like to make people think Jordan is better than Le- uh, I mean, LeBron. LeBron's better than Jordan? Yeah. He, you'd have to. Well, he'd have to win as many titles. That's one more. And he'd probably have to, he'd have to win the Olympics again. No, you're missing the point. The I, point I think because I already think that he's better. To the Knicks and win a title for the New York. No, I don't. No, you're just you no. Know, that's you're just lobbying for the Knicks to get LeBron. The Knicks need LeBron. That's not true because the Bulls were very good without Jordan. They made it to uh, they, yeah. They, but so, the have sucked so much for so long. Oh, it would solidify LeBron. Yes, over, exactly. Yeah, it would solidify. I think if, he's if done LeBron that. comes to New York and plays for James Dolan, my former boss at the Tau Group, and enjoyer of my Loco Monday party at Bodega Negra. <laughs> uh, he loved that party. He would show up every time. Um, if LeBron came to the New York Knicks and won, I'd say he's the greatest because that's an impossible feat. That would make him like Nostradamus. That would make him a like a yeah. a god. Yeah, it would. That, nobody on earth. No one can. Nobody it, can win for the Knicks. No one. No one. It's like <laughs> no. It's like winning on the Mets or the Jets. If LeBron came to the Jets, I think won. LeBron has a better chance winning on the Jets than winning for the Knicks. That's actually something that that's a. Joke material, that's really good. I, I just that as a joke. I think LeBron James has a better chance at winning with the Jets than if he came to the Knicks. I actually need a whole bit on this. I believe it, dude. Let's do this again. I, 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 have, a lot, I, have, I have a lot of I have a lot of stand up material for send you. It. Send it my right. way. Another one, ready? Uh, so a lot of people say I'm way too good looking. To do stand up, let me. I can't, I can't do this bit, yes, but <laughs> and you know what? They're absolutely right. Good night, everybody, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then come back obviously and finish your set. Yeah. But that's a great starter. Nobody's looking at me doing that bit and thinking it's it's real. I think it's even better looking. It's a better look from like you know from you. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm saying you're not a beautiful man, so it applies better. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Jones. We yeah, we're gonna do this again. This was fun. Adios. We're gonna do it whenever you want. We'll do a repeat episode. We'll do it like in a year and see what happened. Yeah, yeah. When we're when we're back into to normal life. Very good. Find him at Young Bora on all the socials. Go argue with him on Instagram. Please. It's fun. Uh all right. I'm gonna end it.